I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfather's was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory, a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. Let's go get them. Yes. What's going on? How you doing? <sighs> all, all the things. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> well, that's a good Yeah, feeling. I'm so like great. You know what? Anything else? Oh no, I feel like we're right. a little delayed today because uh, you're not catching what I'm we saying. We do, which so is that's okay. We're I am catching what today. you're saying, and here's the here's the thing. I was actually going to talk about that because I was like, "Yo, I low key feel like we're throwing it back to like the times when you had like a coffee can and a string." I didn't really yeah. do that yet. You know, it's always in the movies where like yeah. one person talks into it, and then you like wait the few seconds, and then you catch what they said. You know what's um, funny? As a kid, I wanted to do that, and I always wanted the time. to play that game. All and the then time. I was like, I like literally as a kid, I would think I'm like, I think I want to make one of these, and I would, then I'd be, I'd have that quick second of like, wait a second, <laughs> <laughs> and then I never. That's why I never did it. But <laughs> right. I mean, wait a second. Possibly, How's he gonna hear me? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's what it feels like right now. Because yes, there is a delay, and so like the image is definitely getting frozen here and there yet if i just stop and i listen your voice comes through so it's, it's kind of like a throwback to uh pre-internet times gosh i don't know <laughs> well it is raining here in dc today oh. with a little bit of thunderstorm so what? that might be the case <laughs> oh my gosh i didn't even realize yeah i yeah. guess that makes sense different parts of the I mean, country the have different weather yeah it's weird here because it's like super sunny 90 and then next thing you know boom it's raining or boom it's thunder boom there's a flood like what it was oh my gosh the flooding morning. over on the coast yeah did that yeah. Did, did that affect you I, so when i first moved here after two weeks we were flooded i was flooded wow. and so thankfully i didn't have too much that was damaged like some stuff was damaged and it was a little saddening but i'm one of those people to where like it could always be worse so yeah. got it cleaned up my landlord like did some stuff outside um actually just recently so um, we got it together so nice <laughs> Oh my gosh. But I saw yeah, like hella videos fun. of like the flooding that was bad. Well, mostly over in New York uh, with like mm-hmm. their subway systems and everything. It was just like oh, wild yeah. to see. I didn't realize all yes. that that stormy weather hit you guys. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been stormy hella sunny weather. over here. Thank you for yes. hitting it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me slide a little. That was so more. sultry, too. Look at you. <laughs> that was the best. You're like a, a, a true Broadway performer with your. No, it was it was beautiful. That was velvety. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Why the fresh swig everywhere with me. <laughs> so much confidence. Just, just the personal hype button. Just everyone tap. needs a, a Kellen in their back pocket. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I love that. Yo, maybe it's a an yes. app we can develop. We can. Um, 
and customize it. Use sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whatever you're sipping on, it definitely took that note or it took your whole little phrase to the next level. So thank you. Is this the one that your mom judges you for? No, no, no. That's the positive vibes. Too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> positive energy. That's for the mornings. <laughs> got it. That's right. My bad. Yes, I got my vibes today. I got my ginger peach tea. I got my candle by yes. Magnolia. Get okay. that Target. Okay. You know, dim lights. Yes, I'm doing it today. Magnolia. I do the Chesapeake Bay ones from Target. Bay. Yeah, I'm here I'm going to show you. i to grab one. I love Chip and Joanna Gaines, so I'll buy anything Magnolia. Okay, Ooh, well, I'm going I'm to check them out. Yeah, this, uh, energy. Yeah, they have, have dope ones. I'm going to get that one next time. Um, they have like six or seven of them, the Chesapeake Bay ones, and uh, I always go through and I'm like, what am I feeling? Because like, I like to mix like a light one with like a, a woody one. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a nice little selection Ooh, of the these mix. cool things. Yeah. So you not that they're like burning at the really... same time so I can fluctuate back and forth, you know? Anyways. Yeah. I like the, is it the wide flame with the wood stick? Ooh, those ones yeah. are nice. I've only had maybe one or two candle, candles of those and I found it at TJ Maxx. And then once I got, I think I've only had one candle and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I never yeah. found another one again. So I need, <laughs> I need to grab some more somehow. But um, but yeah, I love a good candle. Yes. Well, I love a good Maxinista. Look at you out here getting... <laughs> <laughs> nice deals <laughs> to set I your ambiance. I try where I can. But we'll come through. And um, I mean, Target's not to world. air laundry yet. Uh, is this like a, a street fair harness? Or not, no, I'm just okay, joking. Right? Call me back. Call me out. Live on this I'm podcast. I'm just playing. I'm just We can leave it okay? right there. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I am a bead worker. And so dope. for those of you okay. out there, your posture is very important. And it's like, if you are a bead worker, I suggest you investing one of these, not to bring up TJ Maxx again, but... I got mine for, I think, $9.99 or something yes. like that. And it straps on like a backpack, but it doesn't allow you to just like to hunch over or to slouch. So, so I good. wear this when I bead or today I forgot to wear it. So I felt a little slouchy. So I was like, I'm going to wear it during the show. So yes. my posture doesn't get messed up. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. I want to give me one of those because as I sit here, I have to keep readjusting. I notice. I'm like, oh, dang, my yeah. slouch. Ooh. I always have to catch um, myself. I am sitting like, on my yoga block, though. Back. Oh, I, I just got a yoga block, and I love it. Oh, okay. Not for yoga, but for, like, <laughs> I got the um, the cork, so that way I'm joking. <laughs> I got yeah. the cork thing, so when I do my beadwork, I have something for my needle to go through. So a nice little anvil, or, yep. That's what I've been that's using. That's so dope. <laughs> Um, well, you can't see it. And I mean, technically, I'm not wearing them right now. Yet a lot of times I'll wear my toe spreaders during our show. So really? what do those do for you? Yeah, it's like to help me spread out my toes because my toes are super compact. And so it's hmm. assisting with my yoga practice because, you know, just like when you spread out your fingers on your hand to help with like a handstand for a grip, the same thing with like balancing on your foot. And yeah. I cannot spread my toes. You know how people can like do that gorgeous widespread with their toes and like I don't know, do. All, I can't. Mine are right all now. clumped Mine together. Mine look a little funky when I try to spread them. They don't look good. Mine don't Maybe move. Maybe that means I can't. Oh, they don't move. Mine, mine, mine literally do not move. 
Huh. <laughs> They're like I mean, that I compact. Have long toes, so like, I got stubby little I think things. They just have no place to go when I try to spread them. They're like, we're too long to spread anywhere. But so yeah, I'm trying to awkward. work on the articulation of my feet and my toes, uh, and so yeah, I put on my got toe it. spreaders to help with that. Uh, I'll wear them for like an hour or so, and then I wear them during my yoga practice too, because then yeah, then I feel like my toes are all nice and spread out, nice and wide for me to like. Hmm, yeah. Try that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna have to try your back, <laughs> your posture thing. Cause yes, I like it because you don't have to try. It just it automatically sets you up. Like if I try to slouch, I'm like, <laughs> like it doesn't work. Like, <laughs> that actually came through the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> like you have no choice but to stay up straight. So that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so have you been beating a lot this week? Has that been like a thing on your yes. on your docket? Well, yeah. yeah. So oh, wait, beating, that's I right. You had like five medallions to knock out in 46 minutes last week. Wasn't that the case? 46 minutes. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to talk about that. I'm just kidding. That was a stressful time. But no. Um, no, well, I have been beating quite a bit. I was just beating before we got on, actually. Um, I've really just been trying to buckle down because I've been traveling. I, un- I feel like I go on trips and I go for way longer than I planned. Okay. So what was supposed to be like a five day trip became a four week trip. So I just came back <laughs> from, just got back from New York on Sunday. So now I'm home and I'm trying to sit still and just beat away because I mean, I don't have a ton of orders, but I want to catch up on those and get some yeah. new product in. And so I've just been... I'm trying to get as much done as possible, but and I don't want to lose that momentum or lose that love for beating to where yeah. it's you know overbearing. I don't think you should work yourself to where you know what you're passionate for and what you love is exhausting to where you're not going to love it anymore. And so I try to find. <laughs> I've been working on trying. You're like laugh crying right now. <laughs> yeah, right, like, exactly. <laughs> but it's like it's very much to, that. Yeah. So I wanted to be very enjoyable. So I've lately I've been just working on having that balance of trying to get like some sort of schedule going. Okay. Um, and making sure, hey, if I'm feeling exhausted, just put it down and go do what you have to do for you. Go for a walk. Go out to eat. Go hang with your friends or whatever. And then yeah. come back take it back on you know i don't want to fall out of love with something i love doing so um so yeah so i guess that's what my week has been is just coming home getting adjusted um and catching up on some work but you know like i said it doesn't feel like work to me because i love to do it but yeah. i definitely have to also figure out how to maintain that balance like i was saying so that's kind of been my week wow what about you? Yo, it's well, thank you for mentioning the thing about the balance with your artwork and the work work of the art part of it. Uh, that's mm-hmm. actually something that came out in a conversation with uh, one of my good goods last night um, was talking about having a cutoff point in your day because we can allow our work to bleed so late into the night. And yes. so like for me, like I work during the day and then in the early afternoon after I'm done, I transition into my personal work. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then I'll take my personal work until like midnight a lot of times and then I get up and I do it again. Uh, and so that was the thing last night I was still working on a project, which I'm absolutely loving and I'm enjoying the process of it. However, yeah, I was working until like, I was like, Oh, nine 30 will be my cutoff point. And then nine 30 turned into 1130. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then there was another thing to get finished. And then I was up till two, you know, and then I I woke up again and yeah, and, and, and I know that, right, like, I don't keep that consistently, 
um, because I don't I don't like to live my life like that. However, um, I'm allowing for it right now because, you know, it's it's a small dose. You know, it's not like the regular. However, I did notice or like hearing that comment really made me think about how I extend my work into the night. And so like it won't be until about like 10, 15 minutes before I go to bed that I stop working, mm-hmm. you know, because I'll do stuff all the way up until then. My beadwork, uh, any grant things, uh, working on the podcast and all my other different projects, whatever it is, like I'll work like the entire time because I'd rather sit and work than like sit and not do something. Mm-hmm. which is so strange anyways so thank you for bringing that up because yeah it's just in full alignment with that thought that i had last night about like dang establishing a cutoff point uh to make sure that i do have a separation um which kind of even fed into today like right before we were about to hop on our call i told my, like i just made myself stop because i went from one job to my next job to my next job and then i was like this isn't like a job like yes mm-hmm. there is work involved yeah i don't want this and our interactions here to be work either you know yeah. uh, and so i stopped and i put on three songs uh and i was just like nothing matters outside of you in this song you know yeah. just be here and have fun so i just like danced along sang along stretched a little bit and like had a moment to like just get back and be present so that might like so i felt better you know yeah and And yeah so it's exactly what you're saying and a lot of people i'm sure go through a lot of people probably go through the exact same thing i think even today i kind of had one of those moments to where it's like okay if i get this done and this done by this time i can work on this and this gives me enough time for this but i don't have enough time so i either have to work on this or this and then i was like michaela chill like what i want to do in this moment right now is just to not i still i don't want to check my phones i just want to go have just go work out and then come back and I'll figure it out. Like, and so I literally had to force myself to stop working on a project, go do what I needed to do so I can come back, bang it out, whatever, and just rearrange my schedule from there. So I think it's very easy to get overwhelmed, yeah. especially if you have deadlines. And also my mind, that's one thing I've always had trouble with is just being present. And so that's like been my mantra for like the last few months is there's so much power in being present. So when I feel myself getting overwhelmed, I immediately say that affirmation. There's so much power in being present. Then it gives me that moment to like yes. really step back and be like, you're not, you know, be present in what you're doing, no matter what it is, if you are working enjoy what you're doing so you can produce the best work possible and stop thinking about everything else. You'll get to it when you get to it. Most of the time, it doesn't even matter right now, you know? And a lot of times we think of things, we don't realize how much we have already thought of that one thought in one day and you're letting it hold you back, but there's still nothing you can do about it in that moment. So it's like, focus on what you're focusing on. You have that in the back of your mind that you have to do this later. So stop, you know, beating your mind up the entire day thinking of something you don't even need to be doing right now. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Your thoughts have a ton to do with it. And you realize once you just focus on what you're doing in that moment, it gets done a lot faster and you enjoy it a lot more and boom, yeah. you go on to the next thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think that's one of that's been one of my biggest struggles. But lately it's been getting better of just, you know, just like I said, being present in that moment and focusing on what you're focused so you can produce the best work that you could possibly produce. And then you most people have to do lists. You know, I make my yeah. to do list. So it's like as soon as I'm done, check it off, do the next thing, be completely engulfed and ingrained in what you're doing produce the best work go on to the next one so 
Yeah, I get it. And I get you too, because I used to have that nine to five and then come home and work on beadwork. Yep. And it's exhausting. And like, I think my family probably knows the most that like, I will pull an all nighter. I will stay up Uh, until six, seven a.m. Yeah. Like, and I can't do that anymore. I choose, I like refuse to do that anymore. So like, especially this last, these past few days now that I'm home and you know, when I'm home, it's like everything's around me to want to do. But I've been like cutting myself off by like 11 p.m. or wow. you know 7 p.m. or whatever or whatever I feel like is needed. Yeah, and overextending myself. So, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you can you hit us with your your mantra one more time? There's so much power in being present. There's so much power in being present. Yeah, and wow. so every morning I'll list um, like one to three affirmations or mantras. Uh-huh. So let's say I've been thinking about one thing or, you know, I've been beating myself up about this or I've been getting overwhelmed about this. Whenever I feel that feeling of negativity, I say that mantra or the affirmation and then it changes my mind. It takes my mind off of it, you know, and gives me that yeah. spark of confidence and I switch my thoughts immediately. So, cause it's like, uh-huh. we talk to ourselves more than anybody. So you need to watch how you do that. You know, yes. so I have those mantras yep. whenever, however I've been feeling, I say that mantra or if, even if someone or something is bothering me, you know, and you know, that's not you or yeah. that's, you know, they're not worth it or this, you know, this situation isn't as big as you think it is. You say that affirmation to where, well, you know, I, you know, whatever it is, I am this something positive and you're like, Pfft. I am. I'm bigger than that situation. And you continue yeah. on with your day. So wow. <laughs> that's, that's how I operate throughout the day. Yeah. No, that's so beautiful. What the stories that we tell ourselves, yeah, they definitely, they, they create the world around you. Thank mm-hmm. you for mentioning that because it is so true and you have to be, well, you don't have to. However, it's an option for you to be very aware of the stories that you tell yourself and the stories that you live your life by, because that will definitely dictate the world that you have around you. Um, mm-hmm. which is something that, yeah, it's been cool coming into awareness of that in the last few years, because although, you know, all kudos and credit to the village that raised me, you know, I did very well, um, with their upbringing, their love and their support. And so then building off of that, um, it's been fun in my adult life journeying further into the awareness of, you know, self-talk and self-healing, uh, mm-hmm. And not even self, you can just drop that part off of it. Yeah, just healing in general and intentionality and the work that you can do each day to affirm yourself from the inside mm-hmm. and then it extends outward and then by extension um, can possibly influence somebody else positively, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. For sure. I think the start of your day in the mornings are so crucial because that's how you're going to live the rest. Like that's how you're going to move and function throughout the rest of the day. So I encourage everybody to have a morning routine, whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which another thing that I talked about last night, because I don't have a morning routine. I legit wake up minutes prior to clocking in because all I have to do is travel from my bed, um, to my desk, which is about five feet, you know, Mm -hmm. I operate in the exact same space. So it's like, I don't have to get up an hour or two prior uh, to really do all these things in order to be at the place that I need to be in the morning, you know? And it's so bad because I have had a really good morning practice or a morning ritual in my life before and just 
feeling how well you operate in that I'm very disheartened right now to be in my <laughs> funk of like going, you know, bed to bed to desk pipeline. Uh, <laughs> well, it's never too late. You exactly. Yeah, this is inc- yep, you can exactly. Start tonight if you want to. This is alignment. Yes, yes. You're yes, helping me out. You're, you're saying the things that have been on my heart and soul lately. So I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I have to have a routine or I do not function correctly. Like, and it's funny because when I go see family, like I do my morning routine and they're like, well, yes. what are you doing? You got to come do this routine. And I'm like, I'll be down when I'll be down. Like, or I'll, you know, I yes. need to do this first for me. Otherwise, I'm either going to be grumpy or I'm going to be, my mind's not going to be present when I'm with the family because I wasn't able to balance out my thoughts or balance out my day, you know? And yeah. so, so like every, like I do have a night routine and a morning routine which I think I, I think I said it on our first episode, but like for my morning routine, like I have to get up. I don't check my phones like at all. I don't even touch my phones. I That's leave them so there. So good. That and is then, so good. Because I know they're gonna be blown up. Yeah. And it's like so why put that in your life? life? Exactly. And so when I do look at my phones immediately, my day is very frustrating. I've realized, and so I'll get up and I'll allow some time to get up. I'll sit up in the bed, like just take a minute do whatever I need to do. And then I'll get my tea in a book or an audio book. And it's always a self-development book yeah. uh, or like mental health to where it gets me motivated for the day yeah. and allows me to like, oh, this is my goal. If it's a business book, this is my goal to do this. Or, you know, maybe this is my goal to do this for, you know, my emotions or whatever book I'm reading. It just kind of zends me out. Yeah. And then I kind of take a breath, whatever. And then, you know, brush my teeth, wash my face, whatever, eat a little bit of breakfast, whatever it is. And then, and then I take my, check my phones and I, and the night before I already plan like my day ahead of time. So like that way I don't have to think about it when I go to sleep, nothing's on my mind. I can just focus on being present and focusing on going to sleep. And so then that way my to-do list is already ready to go. I check my phones and I hit the ground running and I'm motivated, got my mantras, got my affirmations, got my goals, and I'm good to go. So that's yeah. kind of how I start my mornings. Because when I don't do all of that, I'm just like, my mind's everywhere. And I don't know how, I don't have, if I don't have an affirmation and I'm getting overwhelmed, I don't even know what to say to myself. Like, I'm just like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I like, don't function yeah. correctly. And so that's, I know that's the only me time. But I totally understand when you say, well, my desk is just, you know, right there. It's very easy for me just to jump it's just up right and get here. started. Yeah. And so obviously yeah. I have the same occupation. So it's like, I, yeah. um, in terms of work and being, you know, your office is in your living space. Yes. I had to make that separation as well. Just actually decided just to do that this week because it's very easy for me to be either in bed or be in my room or, yeah. you know, get on my laptop, get on my computer, whatever. So now I'm completely separating myself into another room in the house house you know still have you know the tv and everything else like that but like i don't that's why my work extends or used to extend into the evenings and the late nights and early mornings is because i'm in the comfort of where i'm supposed to be comfortable you know what i mean like i'm in a space to yeah. where i'm already comfortable yep. to where it's harder for me to fall asleep because i've already been in this comfortable space as opposed to me getting up walking out going into another room that's designated for work coming back oh this room feels comfortable i'm ready for bed let me easily fall asleep you know so yeah. it's just being yes. disciplined and it, that's the thing i sh- i think I, everyone probably mm-hmm. struggles with but i know me is discipline it is discipline it does come down to discipline fully it fully comes down to discipline and then on top of that um 
just like anything else, it's not the area that you think needs the attention. It's elsewhere. So with the morning routine, you mentioned it, like how you set yourself up in the night. You list Mm -hmm. things and you you set yourself up for a good morning. And I do remember that in, in the time that I did carry a nice morning routine. It was always the night prior. And um, like my family would be watching shows or something would be going on. And I'd be like, I have to go, you know, because if Mm -hmm. I don't go and set myself up right now for this thing, it most likely won't have the same chance of success. You know, it's literally setting yourself up for success. Um, It all comes down to habits, too. Yeah. Some people say it takes two weeks. Some people say 30 days. I like to at least shoot for 30 days when I'm trying to form a habit. That way it just becomes natural. And it does. Literally everything from how you brush your teeth to how you Mm -hmm. walk out the door, grab your keys. Those are all habits. So it's like when you establish these nightly routines, they're going to become habitual. And you'll realize that a lot of things is very peaceful or things are, you know, you feel very balanced, you know, you yes. feel so cluttered. So it's all just comes to habits, you know. Yeah. That's, that's and really we are obvious. creatures of habits. We have our habits now. It's just mm-hmm. deciding if those are the things that we want to focus on. I have some really not good habits right now. And I know that. And so I know that it's a part of my day and it's a choice that I'm making each day. Um, And I can change Mm -hmm. it, you know, point being going to sleep earlier or journaling, you know, making sure that I'm writing my my affirmations or the things that I want to correct in my next day. You know, there are things that I'm not or and that's adding to my list. Yeah, Even things taking away, you know, there there are things I can list here that can just be taken away from my daily habits. That would Mm -hmm. definitely help me as well. You know, Uh, because, yeah, regardless, we have habits. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just what are the ones that we're choosing because those are the ones that are literally going to convert into what our life is. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And uh, I agree. Yeah. My two words that I that I've been using a lot lately is keep going Uh, Mm -hmm. because like a lot of times I would like hit a roadblock or a challenge and it would defeat me. Or, you know, I just get super frustrated and I take all this time to do all these other things. And um, saying the two words, keep going, helps me to let go of whatever the the holdup that I had was and to just assess where I'm at and to move forward from there and to not hesitate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's been helping me a lot in my beadwork. Last night I was stringing beads and I strung this one thing of beads like four times because I kept messing up. Uh, and, and then after I restrung it four times and then I got it all finalized the fifth time, I noticed that I added one bead wrong. And so the entire thing was wrong. Uh, and so I had to take it out and I didn't have any extra wire to, to go and to fix it. Uh, mm-hmm. and so then it was just, it was, it was so crazy to me because already there was like four times in that process where things changed. And I just told myself, keep going. You know, like you can't yeah. change it anymore. Keep going. Uh, and yeah. then I hit another like major roadblock and it was just that very much like keep going. Uh, and so that's been my mantra uh, that I've been helping or that's been helping me to just keep processing forward and to let go of the things. Um, because it's like it's exactly what you're saying. Like, why am I going to hold on to this thing that is not affecting me right here and right now? I have choices mm-hmm. to make right now. Uh, and yes, these circumstances may not be what I entered into this situation thinking they were, yet this is where they are. So let's figure it out and keep going. 
Um, yeah, and that's how I feel too. It's like we all obviously hit roadblocks, and it's like I may not be able to change the situation, but I can change how I react to the situation, which will change my outcome. You know, and so I think once yeah. we realize that, you know, what has happened has happened. So okay, what can I do yeah. from here? And I'm kind of one of those people, which probably doesn't make me as sensitive as some people, is because. When I'm hit with the problem, I immediately try to think of a solution. I don't dwell on the problem because I'm like, what's that going to solve? Like, nothing's going to change right now. So yeah. it's like, what can I do? Yeah. I'm, I immediately jump to a solution. So I'm one of those people. That's why I feel like, man, maybe I could be a little bit more sensitive towards this. But I'm just kind of like that. I have that go-getter mindset to where it's I like, just it. do something, you know? And then, but also kind of come back come coming back to what we were talking about in terms of just habits or you know getting exhausted with your work or not mm -hmm. knowing to how to handle that exhaustion i think one thing that i do and i kind of felt that way this morning actually it's like yeah i love what i do you know i love that i love what i do for a living yes. you know that's amazing yes. but it's also very repetitive to where i have so much freedom to control my schedule when i want to get up when i want to go to bed like i have ultimate control yeah of my business, you know, and I love that, but at the same time, it can get very comfortable, but also sometimes very exhausting when I get up and I only, I only look, can look forward to what I know I have to do to where it exhausts me before I get up. And then I don't <laughs> want to get up because I'm yeah. like, I'm just doing the same things or oh, I have to do this, 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 this. I don't yeah. feel like I have the energy for it today. And I realize I'm like, I always tell myself when I get to those moments to where it seems too repetitive, just do something. And then by doing anything of what you have to do, doesn't mean you have to do it in the same ways, uh -huh. if that makes sense. So uh -huh. it's like, I read this in your my, when one of my books to where it's like, no treat where you live as if you are on vacation. You know what I mean? So like when I say do something, okay, mm. I know I have to send out in response to these mass emails. I have to apply for this and fill this out. Why don't I just do that at a coffee shop? That's a whole new environment for me. You know what I mean? Or boom, I have to do, get this wow. work done. Why don't I just go down to this park or go down and sit on my patio? People watch while I do this. Listen to some music. So it's very, yeah. it's very easy to get overwhelmed and not be enthusiastic about what you have to do, especially if it feels repetitive. But it's like the best advice I can give. Just get out. Go find somewhere else to do what you have to already do. That will change your whole mindset, change your whole yeah. energy, you know. And so that's one thing I've been trying to um, do as well. So like when I woke up today, I was like, well, why don't you just go work at the coffee shop for a few hours, come back, work out. Although that's not how my day went because I ended up doing something completely <laughs> different. I ended up waking up be like, you know what? I got this. But when I first opened my eyes, I'm like, okay, you feel exhausted before you, before you even get up, Michaela. Like just yeah. change up your schedule, change your environment, you know, because yeah. that really does help huge. So... Come on. <laughs> Yo, and thanks for another gem. I'm like, that is so good. And especially too with everything opening up more, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be an enclosed space. Cause yeah, I love how you even mentioned like parks and whatnot. Um Yeah, I mean that's the cool thing about being either like your own business owner or working virtually for that matter. Yes. It's like you can go almost anywhere if there's Wi-Fi. Yep. You know, or if you don't need Wi-Fi, that's even better. You know, so it's, and it's just sometimes it's just switching up what you need to do. So it's like yeah. with lunch, 
you know, oh, I just got this in the fridge. I'm looking, I'm not looking forward to eating leftovers again, whatever. Or, you know, I've been so entrapped in the house. It's like, you got to eat, you know, call your friend up and go grab a quick lunch down the street. That switches up your whole energy for the day and you're not like moping around. So it's like when life gets a little boring, you can still get it done. Just switch up how you do it, you know? Yeah, man, it's, it's very powerful how much the internet can help you know especially what you just talked about being able to connect virtually and allowing it it allows you that freedom to kind of move about and it always hurts my heart a little bit when I think about that and the ease that I do have with my internet because of the lack of like service and internet uh, for like our families that are in the countryside in Idaho you know whenever Mm -hmm. I go down that way it's always a hard thing for me to like stay connected with my phone. People just like, if they, if they text me, they, they learn quickly that, Oh, Mm -hmm. Kellen's probably in Lapway because he's not sending or receiving texts. Um, or, you know, I tried to run my Trinella original business out of there. And I remember I was in Lapway right when in March of 2020, uh, and that's when they were saying everything was shutting down and I made a conscious decision to leave and to come up to Spokane and be up here because I knew my internet would be better and, Mm -hmm. and that it would help me in everything that I was doing. Uh, and so like, I, I am so encouraged by everything that you said and I thank you so much for it. And at the exact same time, I'm, I, it always like hurts my heart just a little bit, you know, because then I'm like, ah, that's like a great advantage um, that I'm so grateful for that we have access to in our, in our major metropolitan cities, uh, mm-hmm. and just, you know, where we are in in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it just, it, I always want that for others as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh no. You I know, for sure. Yeah. Cause I, I know not to be like, Oh, it doesn't all have to be like connected. Yeah. It is connected, you know? Cause again, it's just like that. That's one more aspect where, the access is limited. And so then it's just another way by which you have to make some adjustments, you know, like, okay, we don't necessarily have the strongest internet. So, you know, we can't maybe necessarily move in the exact same ways as somebody that does in a major city, you know, just things like that, access to water, access to food. Um, yeah. How the internet itself and it being a resource and how it can actually affect our personhood and our mental health, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. And these examples that you're sharing, because like how beautiful would it be to be able to just go down to, you know, City Park there in Lapway and be on my laptop and, you know, and have a moment out of of a confined space. Yeah, I know that that's not something that I could do because of the lack of just strong Internet access, you know. Yeah, um, I mean that's the hard part. I think I of living. On I, I, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to put a whole like U-turn. Oh no, no, that's okay. I didn't mean to put a whole U-turn I mean, on your thing. Whatever you're saying, I I mean, just... somebody out there is obviously going to thinking the exact same thing. So it's like with internet, especially on our reservation, that's something that has not been a strong resource for us. But um, yeah. I think, and so when put in those predicaments or in those situations, I think it's important to be able to, if you're able to, to obviously travel outside of your home or outside of wherever your internet is spotty and take that into your own hands in a sense, okay, well, 
I'll go into Lewiston, you know, mm-hmm. and go tr- sit at the the library, you know, because they, they have an amazing library there as well. The public. I remember library. you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's just it also it's I think for me, when I'm put into situations, I immediately think, OK, how can I grow from this or what mm-hmm. is it trying to tell me? What is this pushing me towards? Yeah. So it's like, OK, if I'm in Lockway, my Internet's terrible. There's no point in getting angry because I can't fix it. I'm not the internet guy. I'm not the tribe. I'm not going to go fight yep. the tribe that day and be like, hey, boom, I have internet service in the next five minutes. I'm spending more time getting angry than finding a solution. Yeah. So it's like, boom, let me go out. If I have the means, go out into Lewiston, sit at a coffee shop. This gives me that chance to try that coffee I've never tried. And I'm around like-minded individuals and I can answer my emails there. Or if I'm beating, you know, and I need the internet for whatever reason, go down to the tribe, go speak to my mom or whatever it is. It's like, find something, you know, find something that you can grow from in that situation. Or if I'm beating, I can beat out at the park. I don't need internet for that necessarily. But, um, but yeah, when it comes to internet and because it is very shaky on the res and that's not a strong resource, first of all, I'm going to go get what I need done in internet. And then once I'm done, it's like, okay, well, how can I make a change? How can I make a difference? One simple letter can go a long way. Who do I need to talk to to let them know how I'm feeling? Hey, I'm a student. I'm working virtually. This is a priority. This is what I'm doing or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, that's why I think it's so important to let your voice be heard and making a difference that way, if that makes sense. So it's like grow from the situation first, but then figure out how you can make a difference, whether it's making a petition or, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's kind of how my mind works. I guess yeah. it's like, I totally get it. And it is a definitely underdeveloped resource that needs to be fixed within our reservation because internet, I mean, that's how the world goes around, you know, especially if you have your own business, even if you don't, you know, if you're a student or whatever it is, the internet is so monumental and how the world functions nowadays to where it's like we really kind of need it if we plan on being a part of today's society (laughs) so so hint hint cough cough out to you and as purse tribe fix it (laughs) well i mean just yeah all the all the things to to life yeah just I don't even know where one would start in order to make that better because even cell service, you know, like that's not a tribe thing, like driving through there and getting good cell service, or at least I don't think, you know, like it's greater than towers and whatnot, but I'm not sure. I just know for internet wise, my mom goes to the tribe and she had to buy and I love my tribe. Don't get me wrong, but that is something that we can (laughs) tweak. (laughs) I know Well, they did try to tweak it actually. And I think it has gotten a little bit faster. But, I mean, from the sounds of it, I guess that they're trying. So that's all we can do is keep an eye on it. But, yeah, yeah, we drifted way across the spectrum. No worries. One, no worries. Uh, well, that tweak, the but, only yeah. tweak that I can really think of, again, is still on Instagram, changing the NPT1855 uh, to something that isn't that for an yes. Instagram and handle. that's another show we are bound to have. <laughs> no, that, that's my only one of, I guess, you know. I don't, I don't want to say only one yet. That's 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 a major one. That's top of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> off the top of my head. However, <laughs> uh, you know, again, always giving thanks to and just being grateful for this space. And I appreciate everything that you've said. It's been so illuminating and in but. the best way. And it's no, not there is <laughs> no, but yo, there, here's one thing about me is that I actually eradicated that word from my vocabulary about two and a half years ago. So I've been oh, about nice. two and a half years clean without saying that word. Oh, good. And it came from um, the book that I talked about in our mental health episode, I think. 
Um, that was one of the things that they talked about, erad- eradicating the words but, should, and need from your vocabulary because then it makes you more action-oriented rather than mm-hmm. like judgment-oriented. Um, yeah, because it's literally called the achievement habit. So it's building the habit of achieving. And so that starts yeah. even with your language. And so, yeah, I actually don't use those words. Um, nice. and I've been about three years clean. I'll slip up here and there. Or sometimes I'll let one slip when I'm feeling a little naughty. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, though. <laughs> uh, moral is, is that um, it's so cool that we have this space, you know. And even when I talk to my cousins and other contemporaries, that we have this space to have these conversations. Again, like I said, it's only been in the last few years that I've really come into contact with um, much of this self-actualization, self-healing work and and how to shape my the stories that I tell myself and how to um, do all the things that we're talking about that are contributing to our overall wellness and our ability to succeed in life. And... We, I mean, I give thanks for the world that I was brought up in, or again, the village that brought me up because they set me up with these tools, you know, and not, it isn't that they had everything to give me that I have now, you know, yet Mm -hmm. off of the base, it allows us this space to talk this way, you know, which I think is so cool that we are engaging in these type of conversations. And I love when I have really good in-depth conversations with my relatives and friends where we address uh, the things that happened in our childhood, where we take recognition of the generations around us um, and work to separate ourselves in it, knowing that so much of who we are is inherited from future generations, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and the generations prior. Uh, Anyways, all of that just makes me super excited because, again, I just appreciate everything that you have shared in your personal journey and your personal work. Um, It really helps me. I admire you so much. And then also it's very encouraging because, uh, again, I'm like, wow, this is the level at which we are operating in the world that we're shaping so that future generations not even necessarily having to be like our own direct descendants yet people that we um, may come in contact with or who knows somebody who listens to this in five years you know they're at Mm -hmm. least given a tool set and they're in an environment that will allow them to hopefully um, surpass what we do and what we talk about you know Um, for sure I just think it's so cool that you can speak in that way yeah, thank you. I guess. You know, <laughs> I loved everything you had just—you literally just said. Yeah, well, and 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 that actually does really uh, tie into our Nest Purse phrase of the yeah. day. Um, hit it with hit it, hit it, hit it. <laughs> which uh, to tackus uyet, uh, the Nest Purse phrase uyet, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tactus being the plural of elders, so it comes from tack, uyet, and then uyet comes uh, from the word uyi, which means to begin or start. And so this is something that uh, one of my aunties will say, like prior to our meals, you know, you know, time to eat. Now it's time to eat. And then she'll say, it's like elders first, where we allow our elders to line up and get their food first. 
Yeah, um, they got a they got a good five to ten minutes before I jump that. Table, <laughs> so I will tell you that. Okay, I'm you're one of those young ones, there, huh? You'll hop in front of the line. Hipsy, I go to the I, I go into the dining room and I will stand up against the wall and my head will go left, it will go right, it will go straight, it will sit there for a minute. It'll go left, it'll go right, it'll go straight. Take one step. If there ain't no elders, I'm about to get my plate. <laughs> you said waka, which means now. <laughs> I don't know why you expect me to wait. <laughs> I'll give them oh a time gosh. period. But some elders are like my auntie, so uh-huh. my mom, well, I guess all the women in my family are like that. They'll say waka, kia, hipsi, and if they've they're the cooks or even if they're not the cooks they don't go first they don't ever go first I always give them that complimentary period don't get me wrong I'm not just gonna jump the table immediately but I'm like (laughs) you sure I give them that look like you sure you sure you don't wanna go On Last both chance. sides of my family, everyone knows I do will not hesitate to get a plate when it's time. Like, I, I'll, I'll let my elders go, but if they don't go, that's on them. <laughs> like y'all better activate quick, otherwise. Yes. Now not. Let's go. You'll be she scooping. Heard her. You heard her. You need to walk to the table. It's time to eat. <laughs> right. Yep, you need me to de- deliver a play. You know, we can talk about it. Yet, yeah, you exactly. Know. But we need a game plan yeah. before it's time. <laughs> no. Oh, that's too good. Oh, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, I always laugh at like, yeah, some of my younger cousins will like bum rush a table. And we'll be like, did you not oh, no, hear no, no, them no, say no. to tack You never do that. Um, you never yeah, do that. you know, there's, there's. There's, you know, maybe I, I need to give a little bit more grace, you know, it seems like. Or I can give. See, there I use that word need. I was just talking about it. I can give more grace to my younger generations and being like, you know what? I guess. However, yeah. Yo, you know, once I'm an elder, you know better bum rush that to you. <laughs> so I'm, ready. I'm take that privilege. You know how long I waited to get the plate first? <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Right Y'all now, heard me, like, right? Palaka, Palaka, did you? It's time to eat. Come get your plate. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> Walk him to the table. Get his plate and get mine. So like, let's go. Where y'all at? Go get your plate. No, once I'm old, I've gained the right. There's gonna be no children going first. Yep. I've waited too long for, for the the elders' first call. Yep, you done put in your time to be first in line. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So then to tack is, oh, yeah, really elders first. And I, I know that that one example is, you know, at the thing. Yeah. Uh, it stood out to me when I came across this thing on Twitter uh, that I actually sent right over to you, Michaela. Because I was like, you actually, um, thoughts about this, because uh, we do touch on elders here and there. And and, and it's not even as um, <clears throat> like a main subject, uh, just as a part of the stories that we share. Oftentimes, you know, we are engaging with elders and we have experiences that we've shared. Um, And beyond that, just the way that we are thinking, you know, we think about certain systems in a different way or maybe not in a different way. Yet we are conversing about them in a way that maybe we weren't necessarily exposed to that type of conversation or that discussion in an open sense in the same way Mm -hmm. that we're creating that space for ourselves. You know, if that makes sense. and so, yeah, uh, yeah, sent this right over to you. And where is it from again? 
the shop interrupted whoops sorry as i drop everything in front of me it's called the shop interrupted by lebron dreams it's a really really good show so oh, i suggest okay. everyone go and watch it it's on hbo max basically he just brings together well it's really his like friend or his partner that i think that orchestrates the show or the the, the talks like the talks that they do but he brings just all types okay. of people not only athletes but actors politicians actresses like everybody and you kind of see another side of them and they just talk about different topics like very intellectual conversations and you always walk away getting something from it so it's a really good laid-back shop they're all in like a barber shop super you know vibey <laughs> yeah it's a good now show. that you mentioned it i think i saw my dad watching one with lena waith yeah uh, she's a goat how do you not love lena just <laughs> You know, but yeah, she. I think they have so, like four seasons. I think they're on their fourth season right now. But wow. It's a really okay, I didn't show. realize. Yeah. Do they have hella episodes too, or is it like a short um, series where it's like it's six like, to eight episodes? Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. It's so, like right in there. I mean, it's a good. It's okay. very, it's obviously very TED Talkish, so it's like you really are just tapped into it. But I feel like mm. with the conversations they have, it's like oh, I want it to keep going. So it's, it's a really good show. Got it. But yeah, Dope. should we go ahead and play it? Do you want to give a little synopsis yeah. on it? Or? Okay. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, th- that's where this thing came from. And it's like a minute, 20 second clip. Uh, and yeah, let's play it. Express how like a lot of people that I know think and operate. Yes. Look, yes. one of the things the Republicans have done amazing, they hold the line. They're like, we're all, look, this thing's going to go to Senate, right? He's not going to get impeached. They're all going to hold the line, right? Look at what's happening with the Democrats. You have two existing bodies. You got the new woke party, that movement, and then you got the establishment, and they're eating each other alive. They're, you know what? That's the truth. I, I, that is not, not so. Not it is true. not so. Stop listening to the media who is leading you in a direction you that is bullshit. That's what you're hearing. The way they talk about Joe Biden, they're like, I cannot fucking stand this. The establishment. I'm sorry, that might be the VP. I don't want to that. Thing that you that you're missing. We've been doing all that work. There are all these five year olds saying, "Well, y'all haven't been doing that bullshit." What do you think? How do you think apartheid changed? We did that. That's what Joe Biden did. That's nobody does everything the way you want him to do it. But goddamn, do not put down the people whose shoulders you're standing on. You are standing on our shoulders and we are holding the line. And for people to say, you're an uninspiring, fuck you, uninspiring. What are you inspiring? Not you, personally. It's like... Yes. Yeah, so that was an exchange between... uh, Yeah, Hassan Minhaj and, and Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, and not that they necessarily had tension directly yet. Yeah, the way that Whoopi came through, crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's very much true. I think some people don't give credit where credit's due, especially when it comes to those that were before us. Like, they literally made the bed for us, and every success that we have had is because because of those before us. Now, I mean, I think back to Ty in our past conversation where she's like, there's elders and there's old people. And it's like, that is very much true. You can't just expect all older people to be, have that title of being an elder. So yeah. you really have, like I said, like she said, you have to give credit where credit's due for those that yeah. have really have paved the way for us. Not all elders have, or all old people have, but 
the ones that have, you need to realize like where you're coming from. So I think that check was very much needed um, for the younger generation. Yeah. And it's such a good reminder, like all the politics aside, you know, that's all the fluff, you know, regardless of that or, you know, outside of that, the way that, yeah, Whoopi came through and shared that message of, you know, basically what you have today and all the stuff that you're doing, you know, we've been doing this work uh, and, you know, it's thanks to the work that we did prior to this moment that allows you the space to do this stuff. Uh, And especially as I've been like going through, I know I mentioned the treaties project that I did a few weeks ago uh, Mm -hmm. where I learned about the Nez Perce treaties and presented about it. So that, and then doing all this like different work, uh, it's been one of these things that it's a good reminder for me to not get frustrated uh, and to make sure, like you're saying, that like you're giving credit where credit is due and understanding that, um, you know, those that came before us were operating with the tools that they had and, you know, and they did what they did with it. You know, I'm not going to say that everyone did the best. Um, Yeah, and I'm also not going to say that people did the worst you know like they did what they did uh and so now it's crazy being in this phase in our life and like looking and being like okay what are the things that i have inherited and what are the the situations that i've grown up around uh and then applying that same structure to you know your parents generation and your parents parents generation and parents 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 generation and then really thinking about all those like historical markers uh Again, it just feels like such a blessing to be here in this space and to be talking about the things that we're doing. Uh, And even if it sounds ridiculous or it challenges the way that people think or make people feel uncomfortable right now, um, it at least feels good to be a part of the practice of like working to create a, a world for future generations you know like that's that's the whole root of why or you know what brought us together in conversation with this podcast you know like yeah well i mean i think when it comes to our when i think of elders well i mean my parent my mom obviously my parents are considered elders but you know i think of my grandparents and those that came came before them and it's like what it comes down to is they were just trying to survive realistically like that's all that they were trying to do and you have to think about yeah. some of the things and some of their their concepts and the way they think and their mindset is based on what they had to endure during their time period, during their parents' time period, and during their great their grandparents' time period. They've all had to live through what each of them have gone through. All those that were before them, they've had you know, just like us, we have to go through what our parents are going through in some shape or form. Yeah. You know, and with my I'm thinking of my grandparents' generation, they've had to go through a heck of a lot. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that we our generation, you know, we can't fathom it even if we try to. All we can do is read about it. Because they've had to endure mass amounts of racism and genocide, obviously slavery, boarding schools, Jim Crow, <clears throat> and a lot of other things. Yes. You know, and I look yep. at my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, who is stubborn as I don't know what. And, you know, he hates white people but relies on them more than anything. And 
But when you look back on his life and just growing up in the South, it wasn't easy. He was on his own from a very young age. And when you think about it, segregation was well and thriving during his lifetime and during Mm -hmm. that time period. So it's like that was a time period where whites made sure you respected them by any cost, by any means necessary, and that you feared them. You know, it was being into them. Because, I mean, that was a civil rights movement, right? So it's like either... If he wasn't beat, it was if that whole concept of white superiority wasn't beaten into him, it was beaten to somebody he loved, you know. And so that's yes. that's why I yeah. understand why he thinks the way he thinks. And even though he comes off as stubborn, he didn't know, you know. It, it was a tough time period. And then I think of my maternal grandfather, on the other hand, who had to endure boarding school. He got TB and yeah. was dropped off at a boarding school. I'm not sure of his experience there, experiences there, but I doubt they were roses and daisies. <laughs> and yeah. then my great-grandfather, Richard Halfmoon, he endured boarding school as well. So throughout all of this, both of my grandfathers had to survive as best they could, which resulted in being in situations they had no control over. So yeah. maintaining a strong sense of mental health was not something they had the opportunity to do because of this. And, you know, was they didn't have the opportunity to control their mental health. But because of this, they've created their own kind of form of wisdom. And so when you think of elders, you think of wisdom. And yes. that's kind of it, it. It comes from how they handle situations that they, you know, they were put in that they really just couldn't control or didn't know how to control. So I believe that's kind of why we look up to elders as much as we do. They see life from a whole nother perspective that we are unable to fathom ourselves. Yeah. So it's like they didn't have the means to become who they wanted to be. That right was taken from them. We've had a fight for basic rights that made a citizen that made us a citizen in this country that we built from voting, education, eating in a restaurant, literally everything. We had to fight for those basic rights. You know, we weren't considered a citizen. So that's why I think also just kind of summing all that up, I think entrepreneurism is so important, especially moving forward in this generation, because we never had that right to establish Mm -hmm. our dreams, you know, because they were immediately taken from us. Yeah. Yo, I, I, I don't know if I forwarded you, uh, this, Thing. Oh no, I didn't. I will. I'll try to after this. Uh, Cause I was just reading something literally about 10 minutes before we got onto this call about uh, how the trope is often like us not having the basic knowledge or the capacity to knowledge. And it's like, actually, where is the capital? Where is the money? Where is the funding to help us uh, exactly. to, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll forward you the thing. Cause it, it, what you just said right now reminded me of that. Um, as like in in addition to what you're saying, you know, like, yeah, I'll forward yeah, it to you I after mean, this. There's plenty, plenty of obstacles, you know, capitalism, of course. Well, what I think people, some people are really against capitalism. And I think there's capitalism and then there's white capitalism. That's a whole nother, you know, scenario. I think capitalism can be a good thing, especially if it's going towards your own community. You want to be able to capitalize on what you can to be able to, be able to pro- provide back. But there's also white capitalism, which obviously has held us back in so many different ways. So it's like, yeah, unfortunately, there is that system that works against us, which is why it's important to, to be able to support one another and thrive as a collective. I mean, I think of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For those of you yeah. that haven't heard of Black Wall Street and the Tulsa Race Massacre, um, I'll kind of break that down for a quick second. And that, so the, the, basically with the massacre, that happened in 1921 in the Greenwood District. The Greenwood District was allotted land through the Dawes Act to African Americans who were once slaves in the Native American, um, to the Native American tribes in Oklahoma. 
So this town was built for and by black people. So in Greenwood, there are plenty of black businesses from <clears throat> plenty of black businesses that were within a 40 to 45 block radi- radius, which included so many different types of businesses. So luxury shops, restaurants, grocery stores, libraries, hotels, um, barbershops, salons, like the list goes on nightclubs. There was offices for doctors, lawyers, dentists. And so Greenwood um, basically was considered Black Wall Street because of all of the entrepreneurs entrepreneurism um, going on within that Black community. So what happens when Black people are thriving? Crackers are going to crack. So the whites basically accumulated and um, formed a mob and destroyed both all homes and businesses yep. in Greenwood. So... Um, just kind of speaking of entrepreneurism and all the obstacles that we have to face, our elders had to endure things like that to where our life was threatened to thrive, you know? And I think back to my dad, and I probably have said this before, but he would say, baby girl, you need white people to succeed in this country. Whatever you're doing in business, you need white people. And it would always anger me because it was true. It's like, yeah, things I don't yeah. have to rely on them as much as maybe he has or my grandfather has or my great-great-grandfather has, but I still need them in order to, you know, I still have to kiss kiss up to them in a sense in order to get what I want for the betterment of the generations after me. Yeah. And so, like, my motivation is, motivation is I don't want my kids to have that same motto. You yeah. know, I want my kids to have role models that are, you know, that look like them thriving and doing what they're doing. I don't want them to have to think of a white person that they have to go to, to one up in this world and become successful. So it's like, it's going to take some work and I'm sure my kids might need, you know, might still need white people a little bit to thrive, but it's like, hopefully as generations go on, you know, we're able to weed that out, you know, to where we don't need, you know, we have enough black businesses, we have enough native businesses, we have enough Latino businesses, Asian businesses, in Indian businesses, whatever, yeah. to where we don't have to rely on a race to succeed for our own, you yeah. know? Yes. But yeah. <laughs> so Ooh. that's like, that's the frustrating part, I think, when I hear that. I, I love my dad and he's very much right. He's very much, you know, I understand it. And that's his mindset, right? Yeah. So it's like right today. Off of his experiences, off of the, mm-hmm. the you know, what he grew up in, based off of yeah. what his parents grew up in and what they provided for him, you know, and the surround all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you, for me, it's like, I think it's very, that's why I always say, you know, find what you love to do and figure out how to make money at it. You know, find your find, you know, find your passion and figure out how you can have an income and support your not only yourself, but obviously future generations. I think when you take your dreams head on, you're not only doing it for yourself. It's much more than that. You're doing it for those before you who didn't have a chance to those who have died. So you can take on your dreams rather than merely survive. You know, you're doing it for those after you. So that way they have role models to thrive and change the narrative for black and brown people in this country, you know. So it's the bigger picture. You know, I, I can sit here and preach entrepreneurism all day, mm-hmm. but it's like, that's my route. I'm a, I'm a bit of a nationalist. <laughs> <Like so. laughs> With I your... think it, you know, I feel like it, we should be, be able to, to, you know, it should be for us by us. Yeah. That's why I'm so heavy. Like, it's really important where you put your money, because what are they really doing for your community? Yeah. You know, there's a very thin line between capitalism and white capitalism and who you're supporting. You know? Yeah. Well, then, too, with any tool, 
it can help elevate or it can be used for destruction. You know, exactly. yesterday I was walking around with my all and I was moving from one space to another. And my all is an exacto knife um, and a a leather needle put together. So it's literally like a little prison shank. You know, it's a handle with a sharp needle (laughs) at the end that I use for my beadwork. And I was walking and I was like, oh, my gosh, if I tripped. And then this went into my side. Like I would literally shank my side, you know, (laughs) I could, I could bleed out because of this thing. And so, yeah, it's this amazing tool because it helps me in my beadwork. It helps me to poke holes in really thick leather or really thick, whatever it may be that I am beading so that my thin, tiny needle can go right through that. And it can be used for a bunch of other things. And at the exact same time, it can be used for destruction. You know, like Mm -hmm. if somebody came in and I had to fight, you know, I can use that for destruction. I could trip and fall. I could step on it like the guy in Home Alone with the nail on the on the (laughs) stair, you know, like it's a tool where, you know, the tool itself (laughs) isn't inherently. Well, you can't really necessarily say the same with capitalism yet. Uh. I guess I just kind of, that's the one thing well, that I kind can. of took away, you know, you it's can. like, it's, it's how you, you use it. What to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Do I choose to use this tool and, you know, use it to make, you know, the artwork that I love and keep telling the story of not only myself, but of my people, mm-hmm. or do I use it to, in a roundabout sense, um, use it to, well, no, I mean, I guess it'd be the same thing if you use it for you know, something negative, it could use it to hurt people, obviously, or you could, I don't know. I mean, there's different ways to look at it, but I definitely understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> so it's either I yeah, can do good yeah, with it or I very can do much bad that. Just, it, yeah. you know. Oh, wait, well, think, I think of it this way, just based on our last yeah. conversation, I think our last episode to where, it's, um, just kind of thinking back and just putting my mindset back into that episode, it's like, yeah, so I just yeah. kind of how I explain. You can use it to continue to do your work, to tell the art, of, uh, you know, tell the history of your people, or you can, um... all right, I totally just blanked after all of that. <laughs> I was I so I ready. I hate when I blank because I got the moment <laughs> and then it just slipped away. Like, <laughs> you gotta work harder than that. You know, right. one of those things in my mind. <laughs> to say my point and I was yes. like this is going to make all the sense yes you were ready for your Oprah it, moment I was and it just disappeared it just disappeared whatever uh, you weren't silent however you were silenced no joking alright uh, <laughs> I think of a Toy Story is it Toy Story 3 or 4 oh, he's like Rajon have you seen the later Toy Stories I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Actually, it is, I know. It's Toy Story 4. That one slaps. It is so good. Actually, let me say the slaps. I know that's wrong. I always tease one of my best <laughs> friends because uh, he'll talk about... Because I didn't grow up saying slaps. Uh, and so I'll say the slaps just to like get, in a, get under his skin a little bit. Um, anyways, that movie is so good. <laughs> it I is the Chloe. slaps. <laughs> So, all right, she's gonna hate that I even. Yes! Spill! I'm so excited. This this place to eat, like, and we had a ton of food, amazing food. She's like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit tired, just a little bit. My dad goes, that's called the itis. She's like, the itis? What's the itis? And Zoe breaks down the itis. And she goes, yeah, I got itis. And I was like, no, that's not how you say it. And she goes, 
I hope my itis. Oh, I didn't mean to laugh so heartily. Oh no. (laughs) No, it's okay because now she knows when she's gonna hate me when she listens to this episode because she's uh, she's gonna be she she was already like oh okay 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 I gotta say it right and like she totally I'm just like no you have to say the itis it's just that's it that's it it's just the itis you don't talk about it no more it's just the itis. So she made it sound like a sentence. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yep, well, that's me with the slaps. Um, <laughs> anyways, moral is uh, Toy Story 4. It's so good. It's super funny. And then, yeah, there's a character in there who always, Rajon. I think that's the kid's name. Um, and it's very what you said about missing the mark. It's like you set yourself up and you're so ready. And I was like, shoot, let me backtrack to understand where I'm coming from. And then boom, it just it lo- it just wandered away. Wandered away. No worries. But I understand. You were making some good points. From. And thank you for running back that history too. I, I super appreciate that you come through and you and you throw that stuff down because it has to be noted, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of it comes from generational trauma, and I think of Black people. We are African Americans. Like, we did not have yeah. that cultural ba- background. We were shaped by white society and what they wanted us to be. So, imagine having to formulate your own culture when it's been beaten out of you. You know, it's like we were ripped from the only home we had yeah. to be brought into a country on a ship. Not all of us survived. On to be tortured, raped, beaten, and bred mm. in a country we had to forcibly build without any wages to support a family. And once we received pennies to do yeah. so, we had to fight to become citizens, which resulted in mass amounts of bloodshed. So, yes, all of our elders yeah. knew, all they knew was white superior, um, su- superiority. Superiority. <laughs> I can't speak today. And we had, <laughs> a, um, we had a very limited amount of independence, you know, and... All of this is reflective, obviously, for Native peoples as well. Like, literally, all of that is is very much similar in who, in, in who we were. And we had to survive so much genocide to where tribes were wiped out by the masses, you know. And so those that could not be killed, Native tribes that could not be killed, were then given scraps of their land without any resources. So it's like, so when we speak to our elders, we respect them. We respect them for their strength and for the integrity, you know. Yes. So it's like whites took our culture and it co- took our cultures captive and assimilated us to be like them. And, you know, we didn't have a choice. So I think a lot of for me anyways, for when I look at my elders and look up to my elders, especially ones worth respecting. Mm-hmm. It's like I I understand all of that, you know, all that they were trying to do, which brings it full circle from the top of our discussion is they were just trying to survive. And they did that the best they could, yeah. you know, which trickled down into our parents and our parents can only survive and do as best they could with their resources. Yep. You know, racism has not gone in anywhere. It just is formulated <laughs> nope. in, you know, how we operate and yeah. how, you know, in different, whether it's the work system, the political system, especially the political system, yeah. it's like, are the ones before us really were just trying to create a better future for us. But then, so when it comes down to when we are saying elders versus old people, I think the elders understand that the elders understand I had to bring in a generation that, you know, who, you know, had to deal with what I was dealing with, you know, so they're not going to know how to deal with it. You know, those, those elders understand that we're just trying to figure it out as well. 
you know, and there's some old people who backlash and want to have a self-pity party and want to complain and say, well, I had to do this. So I deserve this and I deserve that. You know, that's not helping anybody, mm. you know, and so that's that dif- yeah. that's that difference to where it's like we go to those elders that have that wisdom who have been through what they have been through and can come out with something positive to say, with something that's motivating, with something that, you know, well, this is what I did, you know, that can teach us what they did so we can hold on to that and carry the torch to keep going. So it's like, that's why I understand not all old older people have that wisdom as elders do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Thank you for all of that, because you reminded me, too, how at the end of everything that you said prior to this chunk and with capitalism, uh, even how you were infusing it with, you know, past generations and future generations. And you're like, um, you know, basically describing seventh generation where, you know, it's either seven generations back Mm -hmm. or seven generations forward or you're right there in the middle of those seven generations, you know, three generations back, three generations forward and thinking and operating in that way that you're being considerate of those seven generations and where you fall in that grand scheme. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if it's specific. I I mean, I know it's it's across, um, you know, many tribal communities and people's, uh, yeah, I can't even remember the, the lesson itself, if, if it's specific within Nimipu culture. Um, so this is something for me to go back and, and look into. Uh, however, the practice of having your youth grow up with the grandparents. Um, and so that, you know, there's not that it's skipping that middle generation yet, you know, you're, you're imparting the deep, deep wisdom into the fresh, fresh roots of the people. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I think about that because I was very aware of my connection with my maternal grandmother growing up. And like I said, I grew up spending my summers in Lapway on the reservation. My mom, uh, for the first part of my life was a single mom in Seattle. And you know, that's, that's how the family helped. You know, I lived with them for a full season and it allowed my mom three months where she could just focus on her and, you know, building our lives. Uh, so I got to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. And I remember watching my mom and aunties when they lost their grandmothers, my great grandmas. Uh, and I remember seeing how hurt and shattered they were. And so it made me at a very young age realize how valuable my grandmother was and being um, in her home and spending a lot of time with her throughout the summers, there were just moments where I literally just sat and I was like, take all of this in, learn it all right here, right now. Um, and now that's just the general practice that I have with my grandma. If you're ever around me and my grandma, you'll probably notice that like I'm sitting there and just giving her all my attention or mm-hmm. like going through something and asking her questions about stuff. You know, we'll talk about salt and we'll end up 45 minutes later discussing our religious views, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I won't have said a word. She'll have spoken the entire 45 minutes because that's just yeah. my gram. Uh, moral is um, just even that connection. Um, so, again, I, I can't remember if it if I heard that being super specific to like the way, you know, pre-contact Nimipu communities existed, you know, really having the child grow up with the elder with the grandparent, um, Mm -hmm. to really impart that knowledge right away. Um, 
or, you know, if that's just a general teaching that I've heard across different places and, you know, it kind of resonated with me. Anyways, those are things that I thought about when you were discussing earlier. Yeah, I think it's very important to listen to your elders. I think a lot of us don't realize, and even your parents, you know, I yeah. think some people don't yes. really understand how valuable, valuable your parents are as well. I mean, they don't have to be grandparents to have all the wisdom. Your parents can as well. And I know when I was younger, I would always go over to my great grandmother's house, Nancy Half Moon, and I'd go and I'd just sit there and I'd talk to her. Like, just mm-hmm. ask her questions. It's like, man, it's like you lived such a full life. Like, she used to um, be in, she used to have conversations and hang out with Yellow Wolf. I hate to say it like wow, that. I used yeah. to hang out with Yellow Wolf. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it's important just to have those conversations and allow you. I think a lot of, especially this generation, we're so go, go, go. We're so, what yeah. are we doing now? What are we doing next? Um, what do I have going on? Or you can be the completely opposite and you're just chilling, not realizing the resources that you have at your fingertips. You know, it's yeah. important to sit down and just talk to your elders. And like, I'm at that stage now, even if it's my parents um, and especially my grandparents, when they're talking, I just record, you know, record them if they're at, like cool. if they're talking about a story, talking about their childhood, talking about some kind of interaction they had. I just record them, you know, and I think that's so valuable to be able to look back and on those moments of them talking and, you know, gathering those gems. You know, I think that's very, very important. Yeah. And so. And I'm at that age now where it's like I'm looking at my parents, I'm looking at my grandparents and I can see them aging and it's the worst feeling in the world when shit hits mm-hmm. you. Like, man, yeah. my parents are really getting old, you know, because they, they don't walk the same. Or Indeed, they don't, you don't know, let your mom hear that. Things. Jokes. Or, I know. I, know <laughs> I, love, I, love, like, I don't even want to say I'm just joking. Right but um, no, but it's, right? it's true because I'm sure she's probably had the same feeling. It's like, yeah. I look yeah. at my parents, not like they're like all hunched over in a cane or anything like that. <laughs> no. But it's like, I'm just noticing like my parents are getting older I mean, they remind me every day because they ask for grandkids like every five minutes. But and then, <laughs> and then my grandparents, it's like they're definitely getting older. You can just see whether it's they're in their hands or whether it's in their, you know, how quick they walk across the room or whatever it is. Yes. So those moments mean a lot to me. And I'm like, I want to be able to look back and hear their voice again or understand their stories. And those stories are so important because that's where you come from. That's why you move the way you move. Some things you just can't help because that's DNA, but it's important to note that, you know, this is how they, this is how they were, you know, and you can tell your kids that. So elders play a very, very, very monumental role in black and brown communities um, that maybe not everybody gives credit to, but they are, they are the backbone and the reason we're sitting here today. So I think that's why I always kind of put them on my back with some of the things that I do, not only them, but my ancestors as well, because they work so hard so that way my dreams can become true. That way I have the freedom that they never had. So yeah. it's very important to respect them and give credit where it's due because you, would, you wouldn't be where you're at without them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Oh no, are you well, frozen? It, it's, Sometimes you, know, you, definitely you, like, have to, you sit there and you sit there and you don't move and then you tell me you're messing with me. So I always have to give it a second of awkward silence because is he just messing with me? Like, <laughs> right. And sometimes I'm just taking in information and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit and let this just run over my body really quick. I definitely do that. I'll just be like... No, no, not at all. 
Don't ever. You know I love it. Uh, well, then, too, because building off of elders, you know, that's one thing that I've even had to, like, kind of confront with myself is being like, you know, everything that I'm doing may not align with what you would have done in your life or what you may deem um, the best right now. Yet, I hope that you understand that I'm doing this stuff with the intention of honoring the work that you've put in. Um, Mm -hmm. One major aspect of that being like my current journey with my with spirituality and religion. I grew up devoutly Catholic. That's something that I've talked about before. I even went to the University of Notre Dame, which is a Catholic school. And although I didn't go there for its Catholicism, I was ingrained in Catholicism. They have an actual basilica, like a super, super fancy church that has to get verified by the Vatican in order to even have that title basilica. You know, like it has to be super fancy. Like this is the Catholicism that I grew up around. And now, you know, being the the native black gay man that I am, I'm like Catholicism does not serve me. Um, and it just it's, it's not a part of my path right now. And that's something that I had to discuss with. Well, not that I had to. yet. I chose to discuss with the matriarch of our family, my grandmother, as well as like my mom and, and the rest of our family. Uh, and since that point, you know, our my grandma and I, we've had different conversations over the course of like the last 18 months um, because she just wants to understand me better in my position uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, she is, again, the matriarch. She is very devoutly Catholic. And I have a hard time reconciling the fact that I am stripping Catholicism and white saviorhood and all of the nastiness that comes out of Christianity. And that's not even taking into account the history and the money that goes into um, all the genocide that the church carried out for their own behalf and on behalf of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Pause. <laughs> it's also, <laughs> uh, you know, just like, the personal stuff, you know, I'm like, again, going back to the stories that we tell ourselves, um, you know, I'm not helping myself by telling myself these, these stories of, of white saviorhood and white superiority and, and eradicating these histories of forced genocide and forced cultural removal and all the assimilation, all the ugliness, you know? So for me, it feels as though in creating a better future to not operate within this thing, because this thing historically was not good to us. And on top of that, it just doesn't serve me as a person. It doesn't serve my gayness, you know, like I struggle Mm -hmm. with losing a lot of my family and people in my family or even around me. I'm not even trying to highlight, like pinpoint my family, just people around me won't even talk about it, you know? Um, or they'll be like, uh, under, under the covers, talk about it because, you know, a lot of that comes down to these religious things too. You know, I'm not saying that's the only reason, um, you know, maybe the girls just don't like to see my thighs out and me in a crop top, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a whole completely different issue. Yet the point remains, you know, um, how ingrained religion is. And I feel like I'm like, this isn't a beneficial structure to continue in the future. And when I think of seven generations or when I think of three generations from now, I want them to be completely removed from all that stuff. You know, I want a return back to our native languages and to our native spirituality and our ways of being. Um, and, th- and that goes to the indigenous side of our African-American self as well. You know, rediscovering our African roots or, you know, our lineage and the ways 
of honoring our ancestors and you know like we saw in that in that netflix show um in our mother's gardens or you know yeah and high on the hog as well you know like those different ways of honoring that are tied to what's literally in our being you know um and not Mm -hmm. this program that was set upon us and that is controlling us from the outside um Anyways, all of that to say, so like I sit there at the table with my grandma and I'm like, I understand, like, I, it seems so radical and it seems so anti everything that you have lived your 81 years of life cultivating. Yet, I hope you know that like this radical shift in my actions and in my thought is literally to honor the work that you've put into me. You've created this space where now I can sit and think and be like, Wait, if I think three generations back, these very people were the people who were fighting the U.S. government and white settlers who lived in the area who were fighting our people, literally working to kill our people to remove us from the land. You know, that's three generations back. Uh, and mm-hmm. the big fight that came about in 1877 for us as Nimipu, as Nez Perce people, is, you know, based off of... Um, Wow, I just went. I just had my cliff where I just fell off. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I'm no. old. I'm tapped in. Um, oh, oh, religious. Oh, wait, yeah. yeah uh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the Treaty of 1863, um, you know, and, and that's where in Lapway, you know, these were these were the Christian natives and this was the lie treaty. Uh, and then you have the non-treaty natives who were outside of that that new territory that is now our current day reservation. And a lot of that had to do with Christianity. You know, it was the quote-unquote Christian Nez Perce who signed this liar's treaty that confined us to what we present day now are on, which counteracted the treaty of 1855 that we had that, you know, secured our first bits. Um, so yeah, Christianity, even within our tribe, has divided us in that way, and, and it caused this major thing. So, you know, like the the removal in 1877, it's not only the resources of all the areas that we occupied, it's again a whole thing with christianity and assimilating and and using us as free labor and extracting the resources around us um so that's why Mm -hmm. i'm like why why do i want to bring this thing into the future i don't at least not in my life and in my household uh and that's where it gets kind of weird i i I wonder where that rests because again it's it's i'm doing this thing that is so anti those that came before me yet for us and for the work that they've put in moving forward yeah boom (laughs) yeah Yeah, religion's touch and go yeah it's very very and you know we need a whole episode for that for sure and that's just one example yeah Yeah, no no because both my family like suicides of my family are very much in the church like my great-grandmother nancy and um that side of the family definitely was heavily into the Presbyterian church in Spalding. Mm-hmm. And then my black side, they're completely church people. So they're all Baptist. But like with me, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm not the rebel. I mean, I definitely, I grew up Christian. So like, right, like me personally right now, you know, I guess I call on God because that's what I was raised to, to, to do. But I don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say I question. I have my own thoughts in terms of Christianity, just as you have have mentioned, you know, but I think 
I think we need a whole episode for that. So I'm oh, for I sure. I feel like I'm trying to, all these oh, for sure. ideas are rushing to my head and <laughs> yeah. my concepts and I don't want to throw them out there because then this show is going to go on for like, then, yeah, then it long. goes into a whole other like, thing. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, I totally understand, especially where you're coming from when it turns to our elders and their religion and that obviously trickling down on us to where we're in a generation to where, you know, our eyes are wide open. Yeah. We're looking at their histories, looking at their parents' histories and their parents' histories and their parents' histories to where what was Christianity really trying to do? Was it a form of manipulation to get what, you know, they wanted? And that's kind of how I see, have, have seen it. You know, I think there, everybody has their own God, which is great. I'm mm-hmm. very, I'm, a, I'm one of those people to where it's like, yeah, there is a higher, a higher being or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is you choose to believe in. Yeah. Kudos to you. It's, there is definitely a God or a creator or an Allah or whatever you choose to believe in. But I think Christianity has just very been very toxic and manipulating within our Afro-Indigenous cultures yeah. to where it's very hard to want to jump on that wagon and stay on that wagon. Like I said, I was raised to be Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read my Bible. I've went to church and I do believe there is a God. When I pray, I pray to a God because that's what I was raised to do. But I also understand you know, I'm starting to understand um, how Christianity really has operated. I know it wasn't in benefit of my people, yeah. you know, and it's like, especially when we go all the way back to slavery. Yeah. What did we really have that we can, you know, go to in time of need? I feel like we turn to Christianity in for in terms of desperation, because who else are we going to have hope in? You know, we have to find hope in something to endure the life we're going through. You know, so I think that's why a lot of black yeah. people turn to Christianity, especially into slavery. And that always obviously trickled down from one generation to the next, you know, and God is the way to go. Yeah. When you're ever going through something, pray to God, like, don't deal with it. You just talk to God, you know, and you'll be OK. And then also with the native side, it's like yeah, being put into boarding schools and having no choice but to follow them or else you get whipped or else you get beaten or you put in the hole or you got to do this or you got to do that. So it's like. Christianity was forced upon us in times of desperation. And I feel like that's why a lot of us turn to Christianity as black and brown people. So, and somebody had to type up the Bible, right? You know, for us to read it, it had to be typed up, printed. Who's doing the typing? Who's doing the printing? It's a man. You know what I mean? Who knows what they chose to take out, what to keep in? You know, that's, so that's why it's like, I'm not questioning that there is, a higher being. I'm not questioning that there is a God, a creator, and a law. Mm-hmm. I'm questioning why it was so forcibly put upon us and why are we so, why are we still, now that we can, you know, there is more of us than there is of them, why are we still taking their concepts and ideologies and, you know, functioning off of it when we can, we have the power to go back into our old ways. You know what I mean? But like I said, I'm not questioning that there is a God. I'm not questioning anybody's religion. You know, I want to understand why I want to see why, you know, things are the way they are, but I feel like we definitely have a power right now to go, to go back into our old ways and be who we once were, you know, and find faith in that, you know, but that's my concept. I guess I'm I'm trying to be careful with my words because it's like, like I said, obviously like, that's how I was raised. Um, but now as I get older, one can only help but to understand where it really derived from, you know, and why black and brown yeah. people follow it as much as they do. And um, it's not a happy story. Yeah. 
Man, these are great examples. I mean, you talked about your grandpa and the money thing and dependency, and there's this discussion on, you know, religion and those other things that we hold on to. And this this runs the gambit. You know, there are so many things like this. What are the mascots or land issues, blood quantum? You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things where, again, it's hard to have these conversations, especially with those older than us. Mm-hmm. Um because of the changing perspectives and, you know, wanting to be very respectful of that distinction that you discussed earlier about those that we do honor in, in considering an elder and really um, cherishing their wisdom and giving them that space and not speaking over them. Right. And mm-hmm. at the exact same time, understanding that, you know, we still got to go forward. Time is still yeah. pat. Time is doing her job. She's not stopping by any means. And so by me not engaging in this conversation, doesn't mean that time is going to stop and you know time's going to keep going and so then here i'm just going to be five years later still not engaging in this conversation no like Mm -hmm. let me start now um and those conversations themselves um i'm finding aren't always the most comfortable or they they kind of challenge these people that i am respecting and honoring and it i don't know it just seems uh or it, it spreads out basically is what I'm saying, you know, in so many no, different yeah. arenas. I get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a hard, especially like I said, religion is a hard conversation to have, especially because you don't want to offend your elders. But at the same time, like you said, we are, we are moving forward. We are having a lot of realizations that, you know, that should have been had, you know, and, um, yeah, it's just hard. Cause I'm thinking of like, let's say if I'm sitting here having a conversation with my, my grandmother, like, she's not going to want to hear any of what I have to say. That's for sure. But, right. but it's true. Right. It's like, I just, I don't know. I mean, Christianity just, it's, it's never served, like, served any good for us, for our ancestors at all. Like, it's, it's just a negative affiliation. And it's like, I don't believe God is a hateful God. Like, when you read the Bible, it's like, he comes right. off as he's an angry God who hates this person, hates <sighs> this person, hates this person. Look back in the boarding schools. Don't do this. Don't do this because God's going to hate you for this, for this, for this. And they find reasons for us to turn against ourselves and make ourselves and make us feel as though ashamed for who we are. So I think when I have kids, I think it's very important for me to allow them to guide them as best I could, but for them to choose what they want to choose. Like they're going to believe in something like yeah. atheism, you know, being an atheist. Is, is <laughs> you said that, one, that one's not on the menu. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's not an option. You're going yep. to find some spirit, some have some kind of, you know, religion or spiritual spirituality to you. But yeah. I think it's very important to be very kind of lenient in how they choose to do so. Because realistically, Christians are out here judging like crazy other people for everything that they do. Like, I don't want to raise people children who are going to going to have that same outlook and feel like that's what Christianity is because it's not you know you can take it as you want to take it um as long as it's your life you know what I mean exactly I'm not saying that in terms of my future kids I'm just saying that just in general for society it's like what you do is for you so why do you feel like there's just so I just I just feel like there's so much pressure for people to feel like they have to be act like a certain way especially when you are a Christian it can be very boxed in and conforming to where people actually kill themselves because they feel as though 
Yeah. They're not living up to that standard. And that's not right. Yeah. You know, it's like it's your life. You choose to believe in what you choose to believe. And at the, at the end of the day, our goal is just to be happy. You know, that's what we're why we're put here on Earth is to find happiness within ourselves. So you choose to be whatever makes you happy, you know, is fine. Yeah. So but yeah, but it's like I think with our our parents, at least my parents and my grandparents, um, I didn't I don't feel like I had that option to be who I wanted to be or find who I wanted to find. But then also at the same time, I think of my try, like my native identity to where it's like, I don't know the old ways. If my mom knew the old ways, who knows if my mom would have chose that route, you know? And I think mm-hmm. it's important to just educate yeah. yourself and have an open mind and be knowledgeable. Like you're never too old to learn, learn, learn as much as possible every single day, you yep. know? And that, that goes for being spiritual as well. It's like, there's, there's a lot of options out there. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, get to understand all of them. Don't feel like you have to be the way just because the generation before you is that way you know yeah everybody's different everybody operates different you know so yeah go on <laughs> well speaking of being happy and living life happily um what are what are three things that make michaela t just sublimely happy questions. What makes me happy? My family makes me happy first and foremost. Go off. I mentioned this. Like, I just, I don't know. I hang out with my family more than anything. Like, that's when I love just putting my phone aside and being with my family. Um, so that's probably number one. Um, number two, <laughs> what makes me happy? <laughs> no particular Dang. order. I mean, this is kind of a deep question in a sense. What are three um, of the many things that happiness? make you happy? It can be easy. I, I, I do mean, love beating, though. Boom. I do really, really love beating. That's kind of my serenity. Um, what else makes me happy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I've gotten this question before, and I was just stuck the same way. Um, oh, mm. food makes me happy. Yes, you I'm have mentioned happy. that. Family and food, eh, it's kind of on the same line. Like, I really like food. <laughs> I am a foodie. I love going to any and every restaurant. I don't mind trying any and everything. But the side of it is there's always yes. history behind food. Like, I look at food like a bigger picture. It's not something you just put in your mouth okay. and you're sustained. It's like... Whether it's like a cultural food, I want to learn about the history of the people. I want to understand why you use this ingredient. Like, and like Got my dad said, they're all like, they all love to cook. So it's like, you know, I have a very deep appreciation for food. But yeah, so <laughs> family, food. And I would just say being a creative. I wouldn't say beadwork. It's just being a creative and leaving my mark on the world, how I choose to do it. Go what on. about you? Um, chocolate chip cookies. Always first and foremost. Uh, (laughs) Not saying that they're above my family, yet chocolate chip cookies (laughs) always make me happy. They have to be fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, though. I'm not a store-bought girl, so if you buy me store-bought cookies, yeah, yeah, I I, I don't do. However, I know that there are some good purchase cookies that you can get that are like, you know, custom, or not custom, what are they called, specialty. Mm -hmm. Moral is, a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie always makes me happy. Um... Ratchet music, you know, when I need a good pick me up, I'll be like, I'm not going to say her name. However, that Amazon person, I'll be like, you know, shake that monkey, play shake that monkey, Um, (laughs) you know, and then play all the related songs. You didn't want to say your name, my bad. 
Yeah, because if I say her name, she's going to pipe into this she's conversation and then we're going to have words because me and her will go at it. Mine don't ever hear me. Really? I literally be yelling her name and she don't answer. Girl, I'm over here talking to you. Mine's the opposite. I'm like, can you please butt out or I'll open up my phone? When she does talk, she talks too much. So today I'm thinking, oh, I got a package delivered. So I was like, hey, girl, what? what's my notifications? She's like, oh, well, you haven't ordered this in a long time. Do you want to put it in your cart or would you rather just buy it now? And I'm like, I did not ask you all of that. Like, <laughs> you're a little too much. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Yo, the ways that I feel shame after cussing my girl out sometimes, like, because she'll go off. She'll just talk about something and I'll be like, Word. bleep 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 like, in the morning that's when I get angry right? I, I'm always like stop exactly stop, stop. when my the alarm full goes attitude. off like, I, will, I like, I lift my head off my pillow point my face in her direction what I just say I said stop and then I she know just you stops. heard me calling her all out her name adding yeah. all these extra expletives yes. yeah uh, but she is you, it's a hate love relationship exactly <laughs> when she plays my ratchet music uh, I, I live yes. uh, so yeah chocolate, so chocolate chip cookies, chip cookies ratchet music, music and uh, like swimming in the summertime whether it's in the Game. river or the lake you know that, see that's uh, why I say family too is because yeah. every time I do it's like where it's just a vibe yeah just a vibe yeah. dang yours are, I like yours I feel like I always put too much thought into mine that's alright Right? Yeah, it's I a mean, reflection like of family, you know where you but are. I, mean, I like certain people in my family. Just kidding. No. <laughs> I didn't say that. Just kidding. No, I like family. I like and traveling. I didn't put traveling in there. That's like yeah. I love traveling. Traveling and food are kind of hand in hand for me because when I travel, I spend the most money on food, like hands down. Yeah. I had this amazing duck last week. Oh my gosh! I ordered half a duck to myself. Was this in New York? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. good. And I've had all types of duck. Like, I've had I've been to these top-notch restaurants and paying X amount of bucks for, do- for duck, and there's no yeah. duck like that duck I had at that Chinese place. It's just literally you walk down into this little basement, and, like... <laughs> and, yes. and, you just, and you just, okay. All these Chinese people order mass amounts of food. I've had... That's where I have that. That's where I've had the best duck. They give you half a duck for $15. And that's the best duck I've ever had. Uh-huh. I've had like I said, I've been to like five star restaurants and it ain't nothing like that duck. <laughs> yes. That duck I feel like if you have to go for. underground for something, it's always the one, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. going underground to places. You're like, oh, yeah, that was that's the place. That was at. the place to be. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. That's actually it's the only the place I really had duck was in China. Uh Oh, and it was probably banging there. It was low key. <laughs> um, and it reminded me that I have you ever heard of black chicken? Mm-mm. I had black chicken. Like Cajun? No, as in like black chicken. Like the meat was black? Yeah. Oh no, I'd try it. They got black chickens. But I don't trust um, it, but I try it. It's so good. Um yeah, so, people out here don't trust chicken. Be like, I, know. I know what I ordered from that restaurant was not chicken because it had no texture like it was chicken. I don't know what these Asian people are feeding me, but like that was not chicken. No, well, sure, yeah, I'm black eat it. chicken. It good. I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. So if you look at it, like yeah, they're they're like fully black on the outside and then That's their crazy. their meat they're is inside. like darker too. It's like dark meat that you would get on a turkey. Or whatever. I love dark it, meat. It, it's, dark it's, meat's light. It's not brown dark meat. It's like black. Oh, like oh, a charcoaly. Oh, oh. 
Okay. Yet it, it reminds you of dark taste? meat. It tastes like dark meat. Oh, on, yeah, on your I turkey. Love, your girl likes a good turkey wing too. But <laughs> for anybody out there, when they ask you the question, do you want white or dark meat? Get dark meat. Because it's, it's just juicier, a little bit more savory. It's, it's yeah. a lot more tender. It's a lot juicier. has a little bit more flavor. I personally am a dark meat eater. Go off. White meat's a little bit more dry. Yeah. My but brother, yeah. he's like the dark meat one in our family. He'll, he'll just take it all. I love dark meat. Yeah. But not everybody does. I guess it's just it's just your personal preference, but I like it because of that. I feel like there's a lot more flavor and tenderness and juiciness into dark meat than there is. You know, you can't go wrong with going dark. No matter which way, you know, no yeah. matter what decision it is. <laughs> Show enough. But, um, yes. but yeah, I feel like the Speaking best of it, summertime, I better come... get outside and get my sun rays, dark enough. Don't play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like no matter, like, all the best foods come from the little places, come from the little mom and pop yes. places. I hate to say it this way, but it's like black and brown people have the best food because when you think about it, we had no re- we we had to make things better. And this is how I think about it. Yes. And I'm sure people never probably thought of it but this way. But it's like when you think about slavery, slavery, right? Yep. We are given the scraps. Yep. So it's like, of course, we're going to season it up. We're going to add a little bit of this, add a little bit of this. And it comes out amazing. Same with any other race. It's like we, they weren't privileged enough to have, have it right off the back or have it right off of, you know, they weren't privileged enough to have all the options. So it's like black and brown people have the best foods because they did, they worked with what they could in the best ways, which can't, you know, produce the best foods. That's yeah. kind of how I think about it. Yeah. I mean, you said it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I just, I mean, I just love food. Like, I'm thinking about what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> right now you're ready. <laughs> Got you going on that. But it's true. Well, but it's like, it's like, when you think about it, it's like, that's why we, our food is so good is because we thrive in everything we do and we make what we are given better. And that's why we have so some of the nice. best foods. Just as a culture, it's like we create out of nothing. And doesn't that feel baller? You know, yeah, it does. That's why I'm saying it. Cause I you want know? everybody else to understand how great and how much we're thriving and why we celebrate us so much is right? because we started literally from the bottom and now we're here. So now you see Kenna, we are here. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, dope. Anyway, <laughs> I think that wraps up for us. Yeah, thank you so much again for we're your conversation. Dark meat and yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can get on my my morning routine so you know i was gonna wait i'm going on vacation next week and i was gonna wait I, Ooh, i've been telling myself i'm i'm going to wallawa so it's not full vacation so i'll be in wallawa homelands Still. uh yeah and i got a week off work uh i i'm a part of a creative writing group uh we we focus on nespers language and using it in creative writing anyways oh, the seven dope. of us are, are actually getting together for our first time and having like a creative writers retreat and a language revitalization little summit for ourselves mm-hmm. um so yeah so I, i'll be you know out in the oregon countryside next week uh and so yeah anyways i told myself i was like oh i guess when i get back from that maybe i'll hop into my morning routine yet you made the point <laughs> of even when you go home Do you it. keep up your routine uh, so I'm like, ah, oh, now I'm all shamed out. I'm like, ah, oh, I better get on it now. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll yeah, never do you it. Have to. <laughs> I know. I've been wondering.
because my birthday is like in a couple weeks and I never prioritize my birthday like it's just another day for me but I'm like this year I deserve it I'm gonna yes. turn up I look at the calendar I'm like shoot this is in two weeks like I need to start planning and I was like I should just go to Jamaica but I'm like Ooh. everybody else is gonna be so last minute for them and I'm like plus I got this art market I gotta prep for that's I'm right like, in August August 21st yeah after yeah so I should take a vacation after the art market so my mind is actually you know not stressing about beadwork yeah so, <laughs> so oh. we'll see but I'm ready for a vacation yeah well you're earning it I can tell you that much and uh I yeah so I, I also am congratulating both your parents because you did make mention something about, you know, my future kids. So, you know, All congrats. It's at least on the it's at least on the menu. All right. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I have them when I have them. <laughs> the pressure. The pressure. You know what's funny? Like, They'll find any reason to be like maybe you're pregnant and I'm like unless I'm having Wait. baby Jesus it's not happening like right. there's no baby inside of me Thank just you. chill no <laughs> immaculate nothing around here <laughs> no it's not happening Oh my gosh! Yeah, see, that's probably Not why you yet. don't turn over and uh, look at your phone first thing. You don't want to see that that text. <laughs> no, they are beyond ready. And like, my dad's not even that type to press me. But I went to go see him last week, and he, now he's starting to press me. I'm like, bro, full like, court. And my mom, and she's gonna hate full that I'm saying, but she was like, she asked me multiple times. So, you know, I think you can freeze your eggs. I know this one place. I am like, I am 27, not 67. You know, why can't I just live my life a little bit? You know, have a little fun. Like, <laughs> they're coming, I hope. But just, just you, know. you know, just wait. Let me, just wait. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, gosh, hot girl so summer. I just want to hurry up and get them out of the way, drop them off at my parents' house, and I'll come back in a couple of years. Like, yeah. At this point, I'm just having them for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's gosh. too good. Yep, I'm like, I well, that's will be super good. anti. Until then, I love everybody's kids. I am very, <laughs> I very much love children. But until I'm ready, yep. that's all I am going. That's the only title is super anti, super cacat. That's oh, all I am. <laughs> come on, yep, Uncle Kellen. I love that. That's like my favorite iteration of self. It's the best. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we better get out of here. So no. See you next time. See you next time. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com, and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shoutouts to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. Kotskiya pihechnu. See you next time.